something to be praying about and give a praise report. How many want a good report? So as you know, I've been gathering leading ladies from the valley uh, for the last eight months. Well, this will be the eighth month here in October. And uh, so we only have met eight times. And uh, Pastor Jenny prophesied on the five-year anniversary that the ministry would begin to grow and double. And uh, the, thir- the Thursday after that service, we actually doubled in attendance. And these are leading ladies that are leading churches or ministries that are coming together. And how many? that's not easy. If you don't know that, that is not easy to gather the unity of the faith of spiritual leaders. I don't know why there's such a strong resistance on it, but God put it deep in my heart. I, when I became the lead pastor of the church, I looked for fellowship. I looked for a place to belong, and I could not find it, and I was so frustrated. And I was telling the Lord, Lord, I'm so frustrated I can't find my place. And the Lord says, well, that's because I've called you to create it. I'm like, oh, Well, that's a good idea, hallelujah, and I have a lot of relationships in the valley. Well, this Thursday, so be in prayer, we have a guest speaker coming in, Pastor Judith Christ, and she is a mighty woman of God and faith. We have over 40 ladies registered in the ministry to be there, so that's a big deal. I believe that's a breakthrough of what God wants to do. I don't know what the full vision for it is, but God does, and I'm just being obedient in gathering, amen, and I believe it's going to be bigger than, than me, because when God does stuff, it's always bigger than us, isn't it? And I'm willing, because that's one thing I love, is to create a place for women in ministry, because we need each other. If serving in any capacity, we need each other to share our stories. I always tell the ladies, and I try to create this culture, that sometimes it's not about you going somewhere to get something. Sometimes it's about you going to give something. Because your story, your prayer, who God puts you next to can be more important than exactly uh, what you're going to get from it. Amen. So anyway, I'm excited. So please keep Thursday in prayer. I believe God's going to touch all these ladies in such a beautiful way. How many are ready for the word of God? Praise God, I am too. I'm doing part two on mind wars. And if you were here last week, we really went a little deep and broke some things apart. So if you missed the teaching last week, I highly encourage you to get online and listen listen to it because it's the foundation of this teaching. We really have to learn to manage our mind and get it under control because if our our mind is not in control, our strongest dominant thought will be in control of our life. No matter how much we want God to move in our life, if we're not changing the revelation of our belief system, then we can never really change the outcome of our life. So we really have to change the belief system, and that comes from renewing our mind to the word of God, amen? So I really, please listen to that, because it, it will really give you a good, strong foundation. But today, I'm going to teach you how we do that. So my message is mind wars, but part two is taking back your mind. How many is ready to take back your mind? Really get control of those things that have been controlling us. Unfortunately, our thoughts have, be, have imprisoned us. How we feel about ourselves, our brokenness, our past, people's opinions, they imprison us. And I want to teach you how to imprison your thoughts, to bring them into captivity so that you can see the very best that God has for your life. How many want that? Amen. So let's open up with the word of God in Romans 12, verse 2. Um, It says this. This is the apostle Paul sharing. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. You know, sometimes you can read the word of God so quick that you miss the little golden nuggets. 
Like I really like to just take the word when I'm reading it and not just figure out, oh, I'm going to get through two chapters. You know, sometimes one or two verse will blow your mind and speak to you. So I like to look the words up and really find out what they mean. And if you look at the word conform, it means do not be similar or identical to the patterns of this world. See, as Christ followers, even though there's panic in the world and, and there's things that we don't understand and what's going to happen or your marriage is going through trials and what your children are having troubles, we don't match how the world handles the trouble. Because the world doesn't have the answer. We have the answer. It's Jesus and it's the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. So we have to change the patterns that we've developed our life to go into worry and fear and panic and get in our emotions and say, well, the word of God says, I'm not to be a twin to the world. Amen. I'm going to emulate my life to look like the word of God because it's the word that transforms us. Amen. So do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed. How do I do that? By the renewing of our minds. Now I have my cute little stick figure. I did him better because I didn't have to do it in front of you all, so I kind of felt like I had better penmanship. But we're talking about in the conscious part of our mind, the conscious part is our logic. It's what we know. Like we all know we need to eat healthy, right? We all know we need to work on our marriage. We all know what the word of God says, amen? You've been around the church long enough. You've had some good message. Your conscience knows what the word of God says. So it's not just the understanding or, or the knowledge, excuse me. It's getting it into our subconscious, which is where our emotions dwell, the seat of our heart, the heart our heart, our emotions, our, our will, and our desires, where God wants us to take it from information and put it into revelation. And the only way it can go from information to revelation in the subconscious is going to be the word of God. Because only the word can give us the truth that we need, right? What does the Bible say? That you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So we have to find out what the word says. So when I'm speaking to my subconscious, which is the emotional realm, your subconscious doesn't know the difference from reality or truth. It doesn't know the difference. That's why you can be sitting in a scary movie and you really get scared. And you think that boogeyman is in the closet or under the bed when you go at night, right, or following you home. Some of you maybe can watch scary movies. I can't. But your subconscious doesn't really know the truth unless you tell it. So your natural mind and emotions will say, well, I'm going to get fearful about this. I'm angry about this. I'm disappointed in this. But that's not what the word of God says. So I can counteract that disappointment to change the pattern of how I'm thinking. Well, this is what the word says. So when I begin to tell my emotions, I almost walked out of my shoe. When I begin to tell my emotions the truth, my decision maker the truth, Right? This tries to tell us how we really feel, but it's not the truth. When I, when I tell what the word of God says, it changes my heart, which puts faith in action. And when your faith is in action, what do you get? You get the results. We studied that a little bit last week. So it's not enough to have information. It's not enough to know things. I have to get that word and begin to change this wrong pattern that I have a default to. Because what happens is we have thinking that we default to. You know, okay, God, I know that you want to, I'm loved, I'm loved by you, I'm forgiven. And then every relationship or friendship you step into, they betray you. And you're like, see, I told you. I told you they're going to leave me. I told you they're going to betray me. No, that's my default thinking. 
I fall to that. Well, yeah, I was just waiting for that moment you were going to do that, right? I'm waiting for that moment where I'm going to tithe and all of a sudden I get this bill, right, that just hits me in the gut. That's the default thinking. That's the self-destructive thinking because your emotions are going to feel certain things when you're stepping out by faith. Your emotions are going to feel disappointment. Those are real emotions, but it's not real to the word of God. So if I can begin to tell those emotions, I'm going to break that critical thinking behavior, that self-destructive behavior. I'm going to break that anger or that addiction in my life. And you do it through the word of God, not by I know I need to stop, but I'm going to get the word of God in my heart to begin to change me transform me. And I said this last week, it's a process. You just don't wake up the next day and all those patterns that you've had for 30 years are going to be gone. No, they've made paths in your lifestyle. They're paths in your brain. We learned that last week. They're neurological pathways in your brain that have created a pattern for you to walk in now. And now we need to create new pathways the way the word of God says, amen. So we're going to break those negative pathways, those critical thinkings, and we're going to create new paths of truth. Everybody say truth. So I'm going to give you some assignments this week, and I really hope that you do it because God has his very best for you. And I believe one of the things, well, I know, one of the things that the enemy uses in our life is comparison. Like, especially with social media, we can see people that are so blessed and going on that vacation and got this house and they got a hot wife and a hot husband and all these things that we compare our life to. You don't know what's going on in their world, right? So we have to break the critical thinking and say, well, God wants that for me too. I'm not eliminated from the blessings of God. You begin to change your belief system of what the word God says, you'll see those blessings in your life. You'll see the marriage begin to work. You'll see the children not acting crazy and rebellious. You'll see your finances lining up to what the word of God has to say. But we have to be intentional, amen? So what happens? We want the very best in our life, but how many have ever behaved irrationally? Like you want to do so good and you do so bad. There's that song, um, my mind's telling me yes, but my body's telling me no. You guys know that old song? I can't sing, so I'm not going to do it, but anyway, so we want to do something good, but we always make the wrong decision, right? It's like, we want to do right. Like, I want to be nice to my spouse. Like, I don't want to yell at them. I don't want to be critical of them, right? And what happens? We find ourselves yelling again. We find ourselves being critical again, but in my mind, I want to do better. But what's happened? My subconscious keeps taking over. Because something that's not lining up to the word of God becomes first. So I'm reacting out of my emotions. Listen, you can't cut fruit off of a tree and think the root isn't going to produce the same fruit. Amen? You have to get to the root. Many of us are cutting, I'm going to change that behavior. I'm going to change that behavior. Listen, that fruit's going to grow right back on that tree. Because you got to train what's feeding that, change what you're feeding the root system of that tree. I'm going to start changing it and let God rewire it in my brain so that I can have, I can be a better husband or wife. Amen. How many of you don't raise your hand, want to save money? You're like, this is the year I'm getting out of debt. This is the year I'm going to tithe and give to the church. And then what do we do? The first second we get, we're just out there spending money. We're using that credit card. Come on, we're all human. We've all done it. You don't have to be ashamed. Amen. But what happens? I didn't want to spend that money. I wanted to make better financial decisions. Why do we have these desires, but yet we're making the wrong choices? I want to trust God and not worry about things, and yet we find ourselves wringing our hands, worried, having sleepless nights. It's because we have to change some things, amen? What is it that, what is that, what we want? One thing different, but we make the wrong decision. Why do we behave irrationally? Well, I think Paul, we can relate to Paul. How many know I love Paul? 
because Paul was good and then Paul was bad. <laughs> he showed clearly his human side in many ways, and that's relatable to all of us. So let's look at Romans 7. And I love this scripture verse, and it can be a little confusing, but Paul said this. He said, I do not understand what I do. Can anybody relate to that? Why do I keep doing that thing over and over again? Why do I have destructive choices or behaviors? Why do I get offended early? early? Why do I recluse and pull myself alone? Why do I do those things? For what I want to do, I do not do. Don't read ahead, everybody. Right? That's the dilemma. He want to do right, but in his flesh, he doesn't know how to do the right thing. He's making mistakes. I do what I hate to do, matter of fact. But what I hate, I do. Can anybody relate to him? And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. Now, I wanted to show you this part of Scripture because the law is what our conscious mind understands. That's the law. I shouldn't do this, and I shouldn't do that, and I better quit this. How many know Jesus fulfilled the law? Thank you, Jesus. If you try to change, well, I'm just going to change this. I'm going to try to be a better person. That's the law, and you cannot fulfill the law. That's why Jesus fulfilled it, right? He's talking about the law. The law cannot deliver you. The law cannot set you free. The law cannot heal your body. The law was dealt with through the grace of Jesus Christ. He fulfilled it so that I can step into the grace of every precious promise that's in the word of God is mine. Not because I have to do it, but because he gave it to me. If you're trying to struggle with legalism and do all these spiritualistic things, that's never going to change you. You will struggle and struggle and struggle. And even the world, and I'll show you some examples, struggles with positive thinking and all of that. That doesn't change the seat of your affection, your heart. It's a temporary fix because you really have to get the truth of God's word on the inside of you, amen? Verse 17 says, as it is, it is no longer myself who do it, but it is the sin living in me. Why are we making poor choices? Not about sin conscious. It's because of my emotions there's lack of belief. There's the way that I'm thinking. There's the behavior of my past, people's opinions that are still living on the inside of me. See, those things will hold you captive, and you'll never freely be able to be who God's called you to be when you allow the sin or the law to hold you captive. You have to step into the grace of Jesus Christ. And if I've been forgiven, then the grace says I get to forgive others, and I don't hold that to my past. If Jesus' blood was shed on his cross for my, my healing, then by his stripes I am healed. I'm not going to keep the sin of unbelief in my emotions. I'm going to receive the grace of his healing power that by his stripes I am healed. That's not what my body's saying. The law and the sin of my emotions aren't saying that, but that's what the word of God says. You've got to create a new path of belief in your mind. That's why leaving a good service, of, man, that word was so good. That word changed me. Probably not. It enlightened you because what does the law do? The law enlightens, right? It enlightens what? It enlightens my conscience. My emotions will tell me what my mind doesn't really know or believe, right? It'll, it'll, there's nothing wrong with that enlightenment, but the power of change comes through the word of God, amen? Enlightenment in the law is powerless to produce holiness or change in my life. All the information you can get in your brain will never change you. 
It's the revelation of what you're putting in your brain. It's that aha light that goes off. That's why I said don't read 15 chapters. That's going to do you no good. Take one chapter and say, Holy Spirit, illuminate truth to me. Give me rhema, that light bulb that goes, aha, I got that and nobody can take it from me. Let me give you an example. A teenage boy, I was a youth pastor for many years and um, one of our boys, Cody Cornelia, he was raised in the church, loved Jesus, and one day I was doing a message, and I had a wooden cross up here, did a lot of illustrated sermons, and had a wooden cross up here, and I was nailing sin to it. I had a nail, and I was being all dramatic, and you know how you are with teenagers, and I took this red cloth, and I put it over the cross, I'm like, and the blood of Jesus covers it all. I'm in the middle of preaching. And Cody Cornelia, who was like our armor bearer there, he was such a precious boy, he walked up during my sermon, knelt at the cross, and was weeping, weeping. He'd heard this message. He had seen tons of illustrated sermons. But it was that one aha moment. He knew Jesus died for his sins. He knew that he was forgiven. And at that moment, what became conscious went into his subconscious belief system, and the result was he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Do you see the difference of information to revelation? And the only way revelation can come is if you take my message or any messages that you hear, on, not any message you hear online. They're not everything safe online. But you take a word that you know is from God. Mull that word over all week. You have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It sounds like Godfather. You remember that saying? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> I don't think I even watched the whole Godfather, but I remember that. But you have the whole week to take this word and go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think on that word. I'm going to share it in a minute. But you have all week to say, I'm not just going to hear the word. She's pouring all this time in prayer to take a word to say truth to you. Let's take that word and say, I'm taking that into my studies every day. God, show me revelation of the areas that I need to adjust in my life. Okay, so let's move on so we don't run out of time. So as we talked about last week, we have neural pathways. There are over 100 trillion pathways out of your brain. Tell me God isn't amazing. And what happens is we create by our wrong thinking the wrong pathways. They, they, and they lead and guide our life, right? It's a mental trail that we've created. We've got to undo that mental trail and bring, reprogram our brain to think what God thinks. And I'm telling you, it is possible. Remember when you had a baby and the first time that baby smiled at you, like, oh, my gosh, that was oh, I just love you, baby. And now that baby, the brain pathway said, I smile, it makes my mom happy. So I'm going to continue to smile. It created a pathway for that baby to go, hey, this is a good thing, right? And your children can train you too. They can throw a fit and target and throw themselves on the ground and, and kick. And I'm on that toy, I want that toy. And you're like, okay, here's the toy. I'm going to just shut up and be quiet. We've got to get out of this store. Well, you just taught that kid that every time in their little neurological pathway, I don't know why my kid's crazy. I'll tell you why. You created the wrong pathway. Sometimes you just got to use good old-fashioned woodshed. And if you don't know what that is, just go look it up. Pat, pat, pat. That's what my grandma used to call it. Get a pat, a pat, pat is what she'd say. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to teach our children better behavior patterns, Amen. I'll tell you something funny. I, I have a dog. His name is Maverick. He is such a good baby. And uh, two days ago, he, he's so cool. And uh, Matt and Mike and Denise are his aunt and uncle. They, he loves them. So he goes over for vacations at his house, their house. But anyway, a couple of days ago, Maverick had this inverted sneeze. And if you know with dogs, when they have inverted sneezes, they can't breathe. 
And it was the first time it's happened to him. And he come running to me, and he's shaking, and he's just, he's trying to breathe. And so I'm holding the nose, you know, trying to get him to get his air. And, and so I watch TikTok, and I see all these funny dogs on TikTok. So after Maverick had gained his, you know, got recovery, I thought, I'm going to play with him. So I'm like, oh, Maverick, are you okay? Can you breathe? Oh, my poor baby, are you okay? And he goes, and he starts <laughs> I'm not kidding. And it starts to choke. I'm like, oh, yes, you're, so, you're okay. And then I did it like two or three times. Well, what happened was I created a monster. So when I came home from some trip to the grocery store or whatever, instead of him barking, he started going into his, you know, reverse sneezing and choking. And I'm like, I have to stop encouraging this. My poor dog's going to die because I wanted him to do something cute. So, but then the, you know, the subconscious person in me said, I have to try it one more time. So, like, the next day I did it, too, and he did. He, he started coughing. And, but listen, we can retrain her. If a dog can be trained, amen, so can we. We can change the neurological paths of our mind. The more you think the thought, this is powerful, the more you think the thought, the um, easier it is to think again. So that's good. It becomes the dominant thought, but... If that's your thinking good, that good thought becomes easier. But if you're thinking bad, that same thought becomes easier. So which way do you want to exert your energy? A life with no results or a life that I'm going to rechange my pattern of thinking and I'm going to get it in line with the word of God, amen? I'm going to change the wires that are crossed in my brain to believe God wants his best for me. God wants you financially blessed. God wants to have favor in your life. God wants you to have a life that's exceedingly abundantly above all you could think, dream, or imagine. But he's wanting us to own up to the areas we've got to get back into alignment. Amen. And some of your thoughts may be the way you were raised, you know, maybe the way you were treated. That, there's nothing to feel guilty about that. But take ownership of it now and say, I'm going to believe something different in my life. Amen. So we're going to bring every thought captive. Say every thought. We're going to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Let's look quickly at 2 Corinthians 3 and 4 and 5. I want to read them just briefly. For we, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. What does that mean? My battle is not flesh and blood. Your battle isn't your boss. You're not getting not promoted because of your boss. No, you're not. God says he gives me favor that surrounds me with a shield. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. My boss can hate me, and somehow God will turn his heart and promote me. Why? Because I believe what God's word says. I don't have to live my life to what the naturals. I'm not conformed to this world. Somebody say amen. Some of you have all the benefits, and you're not using them. All the benefits. There's that old story of the couple that won the ticket to get on a cruise. And uh, they, they, we want a ticket to the cruise. And they got on the boat with a bunch of friends. And the friends couldn't find them the whole cruise. And they got off the boat at the end of the cruise. And the other friends were talking about what they saw, what they bought, what they ate. And the other couple was like, well, how did you, how did you see all that? And they're like, well, didn't you know your ticket included all of this? And they didn't. They, went, they, they thought it only got them on the boat. So they hid out in their, in their little cabin. That's how us Christians live. I'm just getting to heaven, hallelujah. Well, yes, that's a great big hallelujah and a dance, amen? But there's benefits of the kingdom here on earth that God wants you to know. They are for you. They are not for spiritual people. They are not for rich people. They are for people who will say, I believe what God's word says about me, amen? Thank you, Jesus. On the contrary, they have uh, divine power 
to demolish strongholds. What the weapons we have as believers can demolish, obliterate the strongholds that try to imprison us. We demolish arguments and every imagination that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Can you see that? That the devil and the world has a knowledge and it's risen up, rises up so that it's against what God says about you? How many would not want to fight for what is yours? I've got an unclaimed, um, what is it called? Unclaimed funds from the city of Arizona. So you can go on unclaimed funds. Everybody ever done that? Well, I found something. I'm like, I have some money coming my way. You know, I'm fighting for that money. I just didn't put in one email. I'm emailing and emailing and I'm calling and I'm checking why because I want what belongs to me. We should fight with that same fever. Amen. What does God say for me? So I'm going to give you some tools. Who are ready for some tools? Thank you, Jesus. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. So if you don't like where you're at, somewhere there's a dominant thought that's keeping you there. And we need, need God to change that, amen? What comes into your mind comes out of your life. It's just the way that it is. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. It'll never work. It don't matter how many times we pray for you and we will till Jesus comes. It doesn't matter how many you, you wish and pray for it and fast. No, you have to change the way you think, amen? So let's do this. What we're going to do is we're going to learn to train our mind, okay? This is going to be our assignment for this week training our mind. Now, we know that we should be training our body, and I have been in better shape where I worked out and, and you know, did the muscles and did all the stuff that, in the gym with the weights and, you know, and the exercising and all those things, but if you really study it, most of the benefit is what you put in the body. You know, so we're looking, oh, I can do this and I can do that, but if you really study, what are you putting in, right? So what are you putting on the inside of you? What are you changing? Well, I just want to be different. I'm doing these things. No, but what are you putting in you to change these behaviors? Amen. Wishing it is not enough. You have to be willing to change it. Amen. So what are you putting in your subconscious? So let's look at what Paul said about that in Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Now, in this portion of Scripture, Paul was imprisoned. And the prisons weren't like today's little you know, bougie prisons. I don't know that they all are, but they were like hidden cellars, cold, wet, dirty, nothing pleasant. They were chained up, and here he is writing. And I imagine if I was in that perspective, writing a letter to some people I loved, I'd be like, this is really horrible. I really don't like where I'm at. I've got a call. I've got a mission. God has a word. I have to be winning people to Jesus, and I might find myself more complaining about my circumstances. Get me out of here. How are you going to get me out of here? Find a way. Make a petition. He never said any of that. He said, fix your thoughts while he's in prison. And there's no exit plan. There's no strategy. There's no hope. They didn't have email and technology and quick things happening. No, he was stuck in a prison cell. And he told them, fix your thoughts. What does that word fix means? It means to decide, to fasten, and to settle. I'm going to settle how I think on what? What is true? He's giving you a plan. He literally tells you how to get out of where you're at. Think on things that are true. Think on things that are honorable. When you look that up, it means worthy of honor. Are the things you're thinking about, do they honor you? Do they really honor your self-respect as a woman and as a man? Or do these thoughts demean you? Do they make you feel less than? Do they make you feel in captivity? That is not the thoughts of Christ. 
You need to give yourself permission to honor yourself. I think that's a lot of the problems is we have such a self-destructive behavior that we have owned that our whole life. And God's saying, I want you to love yourself. That's part of the principle. Love others as you love yourself. And then you can love Christ, right? It has to be a loving of ourselves. Permission that I am valuable to own what my thoughts are trying to come against what God says. Amen? So I'm going to think on what's true. What does God say? Not what my emotions say. What does God say? I'm going to think on honorable. I'm going to think what's right and pure and lovely and admirable. Look at that beautiful pattern that you can just, okay, here's the thought. Does it, does it line up to any of those? Not going to think it today. I'm going to think what the word says. You can literally, which is going to be part of your homework this week. So it goes on to say, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. There's the counteracting, amen? If you look at the New King James Version and how it was worded, it says this. If there is anything virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So there's something powerful about the discipline of meditation. That's why new agers do it. But it doesn't change them. They, they get a maybe, maybe a better, better mindset, but they have to keep having a positive mindset. Because what really only changes us is the word of God, amen? So have a, a meditation. What does meditation mean? I think we have the um, definition up there for you, if, if you can read it. It says, it's a deep contemplation. It means I'm not taking it lightly. I'm going to take what's destroying my life and my pattern of cycle, and I'm going to begin to have a contemplation of what God says. Uh, it's a, over, a turning over, right, and around in the mind to gain a greater understanding and be changed by God's truth. So that means when I meditate, I'm taking that truth and I'm mulling it over and over. I'm not just going to confess it once. I am taking that truth and I am speaking it to my emotions over and over until it produces the actions and the results of my life. I'm not going to stop thinking what God says until I'm changed. And when you're changed, everything else changes. This thing that you want different in your life is only going to change when you let the word of God Amen. Begin to change us. What does a Psalms 119.15 say? It says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. The word of God is powerful. It's living. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It will change your life. Amen. And when you look at meditation in, in the Jewish culture or in the Old Testament, it was called davening. How many of you are familiar with davening? This is good. I'll teach you something new. So they would put the scriptures in their, remember, on their, their, um, their forehead or on their, their wrist, and, and they would go to the wall, which they still do today, the, the wailing wall. And they would take those scriptures, and they would repeat the scriptures, and they would daven. And you'll see that probably on videos. They daven, and they speak the word, and they speak the word. They don't even have the power of the spirit and revelation to back it up, but they know by declaring the word, it changes things. So it's not just a one time, no, I'm going to take this word and I'm going to speak it and speak it. I'm going to meditate it until I get a revelation of what God says about me. What happens when you speak the word? You're retraining your brain. There is literally scientific study that is, is completely the word of God to back it up. But when you pray in the spirit or when you're praying, they actually see different signals within your brain that start firing and coming alive. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of speaking the word of God, meditating on God's promises. It fires the brain, and you start creating new triggers of truth, 
instead of triggers of self-destruction. How many would want that in your life? It's scientifically proven, amen? What does Psalms 143.5 say? I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. What are you doing? Instead of focusing on the negative, I'm thinking on all the goodness of God, all the promises of God, the things that God has done in my life, the miracles that has been performed. Maybe you're not seeing what you want, but all of us can look back and see something God did. Am I the only one that's had a miracle? I'm just, okay, I'm just wondering. Eastern meditation, this is the difference between the world meditation and God meditation. Eastern meditation, they want you to empty the mind. You, you empty yourself. You beca- it's a technique that you want to leave reality. And so in leaving reality, now you come into this Zen, and that's so against Scripture. Because in Christian meditation, we are pouring into. We're taking the world, filling the mind with truth. We're fixing the mind, and we're rerouting destruction through the word of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So now you're renewing your brain so that you can begin to think what God thinks. You're training your mind to focus. Everybody needs to focus their focus. How many know the great theologian Jackie Chan from Karate Kid? I had a major crush on Ralph Macchio. He was like one of my big-time crushes. I had the Beat magazine or whatever they were. He was so cute. But what did, my, what, did, what did Jackie Chan say to him? Your focus needs more focus. We need to get our focus back, amen? How do you want this year to close out? I definitely want it to be different than what it is right now. I want 2023 to be full of everything that God sees for my life. So what do we do? We're going to meditate on truth. If you believe a lie for, long, for a long time, it takes a while to deprogram that lie to the truth. So it's just going to take some time. Everybody has time, amen? So here's your assignment, number one. What stronghold is holding you back? I want you to write that down this week. Maybe you have a couple of them. You want to just focus on what is the stronghold? Really identify what is that pattern that keeps bringing you back down that road. Identify it. Where has my brain wires been crossed and I need to rewire them, amen? Do you feel like you're never going to get out of debt? Do you feel like you're always going to struggle with your health? These are thoughts. They're, they're okay to own them. Maybe you'll never feel like you have a meaningful job or you're, you'll make a difference or have a purpose. Maybe you feel you'll never overcome an addiction or feel close to God. Some, so many of us love God and yet we never feel close to him. And that's a fear. And that thinking keeps us away from getting close to God. Can you see how damaging that is? Maybe you feel you'll never feel loved or maybe you feel you'll never get married. You've got to identify what is that thing that's holding you back. And then part two is your answer. Number two, what truth will demolish that stronghold? You have to find the truth in the word of God, your truth. What does scripture say about what that bondage or that stronghold? What does the word of God say about that situation? Listen, this is what you're going to do. You're going to write it. Second one, you're going to think it. You're going to confess it until you believe it. Leave that up there. You're going to write it. You're going to think it, meditate on it. You're going to confess it until you believe it. That is the process of change. Even I I looked up a scientific website about rewriting these neurological pathways. I looked up what science had to say. They said all of this. I had already written this because of experience. They maybe a little different terminology, but they say you have to own it. You have to talk it. You have to confess it until you change those pathways. If science can believe that, come on, Christians. 
We can take the word of God and begin to eradicate all those broken patterns in our life. Amen. So what is a neurological pathway? Really quick. I wish I'd have given it to them. I didn't. But it's a series of connected neurons that send signals from one part of the brain to the other. So if one part of your brain is saying you're worthless, it'll send a behavioral signal, I am worthless. If you believe you'll never be successful, you never change it, it'll send a signal to the other side of your brain, you're right, you'll never be successful. See, they didn't promote you. See, you worked hard and didn't get favor. See those things? We've got to change those things, amen. Let me give you some of these examples so that you know how to do this. First one is, maybe you're struggling to know God's will, right? I wrote this down, my life belongs to God. This is a confession you can make. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my step. I know his voice and he leads me to his perfect will. Okay, that was a confession I made. But I've made some examples underneath that is actually the word of God. So you would say, I don't know God's will. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible says that your sheep hear your voice and no other will they follow. God, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Do you see how that's rerouting? All the fear would tell me, I don't know God's will. I can't make a good decision if, you know, I'm going to say something. I won't say it if it bit me somewhere. I wouldn't know a good decision. But in God, you're a lamp unto my feet. You usher my steps. You lead me and you guide me. That's what the word of God says. That begins to change my brain. Let's look at a second one. Maybe you feel a lack of confidence. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything he calls me to do. What does the word say? I'm a head and not the tail. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Favor surrounds me as with a shield. Do you see the difference? I'm taking the stronghold and I'm taking the truth and I'm going to begin to reroute what God says. Fighting lustful thoughts. Now, I didn't add scripture because it was, I didn't want to, you know, it's a lot of work to putting this together. But you can say things like, I'm not a slave to lustful thoughts. Because God has purified my mind. I will honor him with my eyes and with my thoughts. My God is faithful. Even if I'm tempted, he will always make a way out for me. So you can take anything that you're struggling with and find God's word. One more I think I have is battling worry. Because of Christ, I am not anxious about anything. I cast all my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind. Now, doesn't those scriptures make you feel good? How simple it is, but yet the devil makes it so hard, so emotionally overwhelming. God wants you to write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. That should be your mantra this week, amen? Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. I'm going to ask the team to hold, uh, put up this picture. And this is not a product sale at all. This is a truth for you, okay? I have a, uh, I want you to get your phone out and screenshot that QR code. This is for everybody. I wrote confession cards because every time I would go to minister somewhere, the word of God, uh, I want these women to confess the word because I know the word has changed my life. It's not something I'm just preaching. It has changed my life. And these are, this is the confession cards, and I know the front picture has a beautiful flower on it. Men, it's okay. Once you get past the first one, they're all just black and white. But these are confessions that you can begin. I wrote them in first person so that they're the power of your voice. Amen? Not just mine. So I want to just read a couple to you so that you understand the power. 
if you will take this, it's $2.99. Listen, I tried to get it on there for free. We couldn't do it. If you can't get the $2.99, let me know. I will make sure that you get it for free. They're not in print right now. But I want you to take these truths. Find something. And if, if nothing is applicable, find the concordance in your Bible or Google is your friend. Begin to get these scripture verses to change your life. There's scripture verses for husbands to pray for your wives. There's scripture verses for wives to pray for your husbands. There's power scriptures. You'll deal with fear. It deals with anger. It did, there's um, so much. Pray for your church. Pray for me. That's on there, your pastor. There's so much. But you have to reroute with the word of God. Amen? God's word. I'm going to ask the music to come on. Tanya said, we just have something we can play. Beautiful. I'm going to speak these over you. These are some confessions I wrote to speak over your life this morning. And you can close your eyes. You can keep them open. It doesn't matter. But I just want to speak some declarations over your life. Amen. And I want to see God eradicate some things in your life so that you can come into the fullness of all that God says about you. Just receive this today. You are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling on the inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. He says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. He says you are free. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the word of God guiding your steps. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, guards your mind, and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Nothing can separate you from God's love, not death, no demons, not the present nor the past, nor power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, I thank you today that we are not held captive by our thoughts. But Lord, we are gonna take our, caps th our thoughts captive today. I pray, Lord, that every word that was spoke over them will produce light and love and hope and joy. I just see today that as God's word was going, God threw many of you in, in a life preserver. He threw you a life preserver that you do not have to shrink under the pressures and the worries of life. He's given you the answer of hope and life and abundance. And it's him and it's his word. I just want to challenge you, write it. Write it down. Think it. Speak it until there's change. If you will give, it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. Even if you give God seven days until next Sunday to speak, I promise you, you'll begin to see your life change. Your behaviors, your actions will begin to change. Amen. I'm going to close this morning to give everyone the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you're going to rededicate your life to Jesus today. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to the Lord, and this is the greatest gift 
that God can give you is to make Jesus the Lord and Savior, that he died for your sins, that he's forgiven you, that he loves you, that he wants to heal you, and all the benefits of God's word is for you if you say yes to him, amen? So I want everybody just to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart, into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And Father God, I take the challenge to renew my mind and bring every thought captive to the obedience of God's word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. I love you all so much. Uh, Wednesday night we'll be here, uh, or next Sunday, bring someone with you. Amen. I love you all. Welcome, Pastor Paul.